0: How many of you were expecting me to do a musical number there? A little little bit? That's how you know you're at Heart of Lakes. You're just like, hey, we're going to do something else crazy. Like, "Uh, no, we're not. Uh, So uh, thank you so much for joining us. Man, it's so cool. I love seeing the kids up there. Um, It it really, one of the things you should know about Kyle and I both is we're, we're just giant grown kids. Right? Wouldn't you agree? It's pretty much... That's who we are. And so at our church, joy and, and uh, Thanksgiving are in abundance because we're, we're really just very simple people, okay? And we love uh, the, the joy of this season, and we love the fact that in Advent we get to talk about all these different things, uh, love, joy, hope, and peace. Today we're going to talk about joy a little bit, but I, I, I got to tell you, before we start there... Before we start there, uh, I got to experience some incredible joy uh, last week uh, in Orlando, Florida. And uh, I, if you don't know this, my family and I drove down to Orlando together. And uh, these two little minions were in the back seat uh, with their sister. And uh, we had an 18-hour drive down to Orlando. Yep. It was... Shocker. Super awesome. The kids were amazing the entire trip. Yeah, I did not expect that. That was probably my greatest joy of the entire trip was the fact. uh, (laughs) And they were not medicated at all. So uh, that's, that's impressive. So, we had an incredible time as a family and we got to go down there and I got back and somebody was like, oh, did you get to go away and like relax a little bit? I'm like, what part of three toddlers in Orlando, Florida sounds relaxing to any of you, okay? <laughs> no, we had fun. We were relaxed. We had fun and it was a great time and we get to experience the joy of Disney. And, and it's just magical. It's an incredibly magical place to go to with your kids and experience that. And I got to thinking of travel and I got to thinking of, of Jesus and I got to thinking of Mary and Joseph and their travel. And you guys, you, something has always bothered me. Okay, something has always bothered me about the Christmas story. And it and it's, it's pretty simple. Luke 2, 7 outlines it. I'm going to read this to you, okay? And she gave birth to her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Okay, stop. No place for them? Seriously? Seriously? Mary, nine months pregnant, about to burst on a donkey, okay? They couldn't even get a horse, right? And they're taking that whole entire trip to Bethlehem, right? And her feet are sore. I mean, I don't know. I'm just, what my wife went through when she was pregnant, I wasn't I don't know what that feels like, uh, but I'm guessing, right? And they get, they get there to Bethlehem, right? And, and they're, going how, they're, they're going to the place where they live, and there's no room for them. Wow. I'm not sure about you guys, but I remember my wife uh, the day that she went into labor. And uh, I got to think maybe Mary was probably a little mad, just, just a little bit. You know, Joseph comes back and he's like, uh, honey, uh, God, tell you something. Uh, so I went, uh, I went and tried to find a space for us. You know, you're giving birth and, uh, there's no room. So, uh, we're going to be in a stable. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but, um, that, I feel like Mary was probably terrifying in that moment. Okay. Husbands, you ever had that moment? I think she was probably like quiet angry. You know what I'm I'm talking about? The quiet angry? Like, I'm fine. It's fine. You ever been there? Ooh. Yeah. Nope. Nope. I'd rather be diffusing a literal landmine in that moment. (laughs) is less stressful. No, but think about all they had to go through to get to that moment. We don't always actually talk about that, but what they had to go through, Kyle mentioned uh, he watched the movie Journey to Bethlehem. We watched it too. It was amazing, but it really kind of captured what Mary and Joseph were going through, uh, maybe with their families and some of the societal pressure. She, she had to tell her family that she was pregnant. right, there's this incredible shame that was attached to it and in that culture even more so and they had to they had to go through that and then they they got all the way to Bethlehem and and all she wanted to do was give birth. I'm sure she was probably about ready to pop and there was no room for them in the inn, which we actually know historically that just means their family's house. It's not like they had a hotel and Joseph forgot to book reservations, You know, there's just no room. So when we talk about this, there's there's a little bit deeper. I want to go on this with you guys because there's a literal reason. There's a literal reason, and that's because the census, all right, the census had filled the town of Bethlehem with people. So it literally, in a literal sense, it was full. And so when Mary and Joseph were there, there was no space for them because the town had been full because a census had been called, and they were trying to count all the people that were in that province, okay? That's the, that's the literal meaning. But I actually think there's a deeper meaning, and I think it's the root, I think it's the root of why uh, we celebrate with joy. And I think it's this, I think Jesus became, began, began his life completely humble. I mean, think about people who are in positions of power who are important, right? Think about the way that uh, they travel. Think about the president, right, in Air Force One and like a cavalcade of jets are just tailing him. And then the, when they get in those big, those SUVs and they're driving around and he has an escort and when he shows up to places, right, there's people there to greet him. And I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know, maybe like only green M&Ms in his dressing room. I don't know. Like, I don't know how that works. But but basically when when somebody of important in our society is 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 traveling or doing something, there's a big deal about it, right? And they get the best suites. They get the best places, right? They're tailor-made to them. So that comfort is is right there for them. But the savior of humanity was in a trough. What do you think about it? You talk about kings, or you talk about presidents, you talk about people in, in charge or in power. You don't think of them being born that way. You think that, well, yeah, they would have been at the most pristine hospitals ever. And they would have the best, the best, best health care and the best doctors. You don't think that they would have given birth in a stable where the animals were i have goats i have goats in my backyard and i gotta tell you i love them but they don't smell good okay so i can't imagine being in the same area as them as my wife is trying to give birth to the savior of the world okay tough pill to swallow but i think it's because when jesus began life it was humble from the beginning and the same way that he began his life is the same way that he ended his life before being resurrected three days later in the most humble fashion. Because at the heart of who Jesus was, was humility and putting others first. Mark 10 45 says this, it says, uh, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. See, in everything that Jesus did, he was letting us know that he knew. You know, I, I I don't know what your upbringings are or or what your birth story looks like, uh, but I I know that uh, no matter who we are, we've all experienced hardship and trouble. And and from the moment that Jesus was born, Jesus uh, was was in abject poverty. He was he was he was somebody who didn't have much. His family didn't have much, right? And the wise men brought him gifts that were of great value. But that's not what his upbringing was. It was humble as a carpenter. And Jesus started off in the lowest uh, levels of. Society, and I I think the reason is, and I this is this is just what I think. I think the reason is because at every uh, point, Jesus is advocating for people who didn't necessarily have the power, position, or authority to do so for themselves. In fact, Jesus came to, to, to save the lost, that's what he says. And when we talk about Jesus and we talk about the way that Jesus lived, Jesus cared for the sick and the broken. The people that the rest of society had kind of cast out, because back then, as it is still to this day, the people who had were and the people who had not were very separate. The people who had great wealth were separate from the people who didn't have anything. And that hasn't really changed in 2,000 years. It's the same today. And Jesus came not to shatter that system or to say, you know, to be some kind of Robin Hood. But to be there so that he could tell people, in this time, in this place, no matter what you're going through, I know, and I love you, and I'm here to walk through it with you. Not necessarily to rescue you out of it, but to give you the tools and the means to walk through this life in a way that you can show other people the love that I have shown you. Philippians 2, 6-8 says this, Jesus, who... Though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. See, here's the deal. From the very beginning, from the very beginning of Jesus' story on earth, he demonstrated that he understood us not just at our highest but at our lowest i got to tell you something. There's something that Pastor Kyle says. I talked about this last, last I love this. I don't know if you made it up. I don't, I don't know if you got it from another pastor, but it's awesome. And, and it's this phrase that we say, and I say this to my leaders a lot too, your heart learns best through your hands. And when I think that, what I take that to mean and what, what we, we intend that to mean is that when you're in the service of other people, when you're, when you're invested in the lives of the people around you, that's where your true joy exists. When you have decided that I'm not the most important person in this story, when I, when I take a back seat, when I, when, I, when I become selfless instead of selfish, and I say, I'm going to put the needs of others above my own, what it does is it changes the, play, the source where you receive joy. Instead of the things that you receive, it's the things that you can give. Amen. Instead of being a person who is about what you can take in the world, you're a person who is always looking for opportunities to serve. When we talk about this, I believe that our church really embodies that. We have this pretty simple phrase that we say here it's love God and. Love you. When Matt was saying that our church is different, I, I believe it's because of you guys. I believe it's because you take that very seriously. That your love for the Lord is actually shown your love for people. Jesus said that he was going to leave us with one commandment, and it was that we should love others the way that he had loved us first. And the Bible also tells us that to love God, right, is to obey his commands, and it tells us they're not burdensome, meaning they're not difficult for us to obey. It doesn't mean they won't cost us anything, and it doesn't mean that they're going to be easy. It means that they're not burdensome. That burden is light, And when we talk about the way that Jesus lived, Jesus was constantly putting himself second and others first. He was constantly putting himself in a position where he could serve other people. Talk about the way that he he fed people, that he healed people, that he took care of people who didn't have. In such a way that it changed the way the disciples functioned, the way they lived. When, they, when, when Jesus died and rose again, it changed the entire world. Because the way he had lived was so completely radically different than the rest of the world. And then he called us to live like that. Being the sacrifice. Being second. So that other people could be First. When you ask me about joy, which is our, our, our theme for this day of Advent, and you talk about the, 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 the inn, having no room in the inn, I just think about the humility of Jesus' birth and how simple it was. It wasn't elegant. It wasn't, wasn't, wasn't pretty. It wasn't dolled up. It wasn't in the greatest hospital ever with the greatest physicians ever. It was just simple. And from those humble beginnings, Jesus continually led a life where he served others. You might be asking, like, I feel empty this season. I don't feel, I don't feel good. I feel, like, I, feel, I feel like there's just so much pressure to do all this stuff. Well, guess what? When our hearts are for other people, that's not a pressure. It's a blessing. When our hearts are, are to, to serve the needs of others, it takes the focus off of us and what we need, and it puts it on other people. You want to you wanna have a better Christmas this year? Focus on what you can give. Not what you can get. In a world where everybody is playing hungry, hungry hippos for all sorts of joy and resources and, and the things that they have, let's, let's maybe just take a step back and see what we can do for those who are around us. You might ask, what does this mean for me or, or you? What does this mean for me as a follower of Christ? Uh, I, I think it's pretty simple. I, I live like Jesus knows. Live like Jesus knows. Live like Jesus knows what you're going through and knows what the people around you are going through and, and, and try to empathize with others this holiday season. I, 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 know, I know this is a joyful time. We're talking about joy, but I, I, I almost always feel like as a pastor, it's my responsibility to tell you that, that though we celebrate and we have fun and we enjoy the celebration with our friends and family, there are people this year who are in pain. This may be the first Christmas that they have without a loved one. It may be the the Christmas that reminds them of something bad that happened. It might be the holiday season that they're the first time they're empty nesters and it it, it pains them. We don't know, but when we decide that we're going to empathize with other people and love them in the way that Jesus loved us first, what we do is we we put them ahead of ourselves. We decide that we're going to focus on how we can love them, care for them, and treat them with decency and kindness and holiday season. I'll tell you, I I get great joy from the people in my life who are here, who I get to serve. Yesterday, I got to officiate a wedding of two young people who are here, who I adore. uh, And and their wedding was amazing. It was so much fun. And I feel so blessed that I get to be a part of their story because they're going to go out into the world and continue to share the gospel and advance the kingdom of God. And I don't get any credit for that, but I got to be a part of it. And that's awesome. I want to be part of that life change. I want to be part of that kingdom mindset where we go out and we do something incredible. And so this this holiday season, I challenge you, huddle, Go and empathize with somebody this season that maybe is nothing like you. And figure out what's going on in their life. and Find a way that you can connect with them. Each uh, each Sunday, we, we do our connection cards. Uh, we... We ask if you've been here for a while or you've, uh, you're brand new that you would fill out a connection card and you would just let us know. It's a great way for us to communicate back and forth with you. Uh, if you've got prayer requests, you've got things that you need. But this week, uh, I, 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 just, uh, I, I want you to write on your card either be a blessing or need a blessing. Be a blessing or need a blessing. If you want to be a blessing this season, then that means that you want to you invest in somebody else. If you are like need a blessing, that means I'm at a point right now where I, I need help. And I need somebody to help me. That's a great way for us to be able to match you up. Because if you're ready to be a blessing, and somebody is ready to receive a blessing from somebody, you might be in a perfect position for God to make a connection between the two of you. That might might just be something special. And during this song, we're going to have some people uh, going around with our black buckets, and you can drop those in there. And... uh, we just want you to know here that at Heart of the Lakes, it's, it's okay to be messy. It's okay to do life and just be real. And we also want you to know this, that when we, when we come together as the body of Christ, there is nothing more powerful than what God has called us to do in loving him and loving one another. Let's pray. God, thanks so much. Thank you so much for today. Thank you for the time that you allow us to be here and that we we can invest in one another, God. We just ask that this season, as we're focusing on uh, having joy, that you would put our hearts in the place where we wanna wanna serve others. We wanna put our needs aside for a second and try and meet the, the needs of others. And that what we do in, 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 this, in this place now, that, that when we leave, we would be changed and we would be different with a heart that wants to serve your kingdom and serve the people around us so that they understand your love in this incredible season where we celebrate your life. The reason for it all. And God, we ask all of these things in your name. Amen.